0: oh hey what's going on everybody it's episode 95 of the audible farm podcast and this episode is brought to you by couch town coffee Couchtown coffee is roasted right here in iowa they make the order especially for whoever ordered it so you're getting made to order coffee how cool is that it's like custom work but it's coffee and you can just grind it up and drink it boom it's not you know it's not gonna get much better than that so you should hit them up www.couchtowncoffee.com that's the link you will find all the coffee you will ever want there make an order this week and you can even save 20 percent all you gotta do is enter the code word pork the code word this week is pork it'll save you 20 percent why because Couchtown Coffee supports live music. They love it. Andrew, the roaster there himself, is a musician, and that's one of the other things that makes it so cool. So you get to have some fresh coffee in the morning made by another musician, and uh, it's just another reason that musicians are awesome. So check it out, www.couchtowncoffee.com. This week, you can save 20%, enter the code word PORK. Why? Why is the code word PORK this week? I I know what you're thinking, PORK. It doesn't make any sense. Uh it makes perfect sense. I'm sitting down with Mike Schulte. Mike Schulte's the drummer in The Pork Tornadoes. Oh my gosh, if you haven't heard of The Pork Tornadoes, where have you been at? These guys are dominating the cover band scene in Iowa and uh, and beyond, as, as we learn in this podcast. Uh, they stay very busy playing a lot of shows, and unfortunately, the epidemic that's happened this year uh, the COVID, I guess it's a pandemic, but the COVID pandemic has definitely put a, put a cramp in their plans for this year, but they are getting back at it later this summer. And I am super stoked about that. We talk about, uh, that. We also talk about the fact that Mike runs the Iowa music podcast. Uh, you know, the Iowa music podcast is, is kind of like this podcast, except it's a little bit different. And that's one of the benefits of everybody's music podcasts around the state is they're all just a little bit different. Uh, Mike started out the podcast uh, kind of discussing topical issues that, you know, musicians and, and people face and uh, ways to overcome them. And and it was kind of like an advice column more than anything. And then he you know changed gears and started discussing uh, things that were going on in the scene with other people and getting their opinions. And it's, it's a really good listen. I highly suggest people check it out. It's got a really easy name to remember, the Iowa Music Podcast. If you're looking for a podcast that's about Iowa music – Uh, probably check out the Iowa Music Podcast. I mean, we talk about all sorts of stuff as far as uh, the bands. He used to be in uh, a future project for originals called Dope Walker. That has just started this year. So that will probably be firing up, uh, you know, like I said, as soon as the, the pandemic is over with, I'm, I'm assuming that's going to get off the ground and grow some legs and, and start traveling around. So it's worth checking that out. Uh, there's links down below to everything. You're going to love this episode. I guarantee it. Check it out. It's episode 95 with Mike Schulte from the Pork Tornadoes. It's the Audible Farm Podcast. With your host, Peter Stockdale. Today, I'm sitting down with Mike Schulte. Mike, uh, Mikey Mike, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. How about yourself? I'm pretty good. It's uh, you know, it's one of those one of these podcasts I get to do where I haven't met the person I'm talking to, but I have seen your stuff online. So, I've got a good reference point. It's hard to miss the Pork Tornadoes online.
1: <laughs> we we make it that way. We make it so you can't avoid us.
0: <laughs> I mean, 22,000 followers for a, an Iowa-based band? Are you are you kidding
1: me? That's insane. And let's just take that another step, a cover band, you know, like that, that takes it to another level, I think.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, that just goes to show you what you guys got going on though, to just to call yourselves just a cover band is, uh, that's like understating something quite a bit because now, you, you guys have a lot of production and stuff involved in what you're doing.
1: Yeah, it's, well, and, and I'm sure we'll get into it. And and a lot of the thing is, is for me, you know, I spent, I spent a long period of my life in original kind of hardcore bands, you know, trying to do the, we're going to make it thing. And, you know, it never really got there, but then you, you jump into this cover band world and you're, you're pretty, uh, it's, it's hard to miss the the differences of, oh man, there's actually money that comes in on this. And then you can take that money and you can reinvest it into your product. And it's, it's just a, it took me a really long time to, to come to grips with that when I, when I jumped into cover band land.
0: Uh yeah, I mean that's something that I I talk about a little bit here and there on the podcast. It's uh it's a common theme that I you know I get to run across because I play in a punk band that plays originals uh, yep. a- across the state, so I get to see that aspect of it. But a lot of the people I interact with and and you know play guitar with at jam nights and around my area are in cover bands, and I mean like you said, it's just the nature of the beast. Where if you're in a cover band, you're probably going to be seeing a little bit more income from, from doing what you're doing. And, and the best ones reinvest it back into the product. Whereas if you're in an original band, you probably don't have very much money to
1: invest into your, you know, reinvest back into your product. It's tough. Well, and you usually do, you know, you take that, you take that smaller amount of money that you make and you throw it back into the band fund that goes to, you know, pressing the new album or, or recording the new album. So it's, it's just a different, it's a different approach. And I've, I've found such a such a love for both worlds, which was actually uh, kind of a weird story, I guess I'll go into is I, I was in a band called uh, Brian Jones. And this would have been from 1999 to 2006. And we we were kind of a hardcore original band from Cedar Rapids, Iowa City area. And, you know, we did some touring and stuff and we, we hit some coasts, uh, hit, I think, what, 20, 25 something states, you know, cut two different albums. N- never really. I mean, it was an amazing project and we had some local successes, but never really, you know, you, you have that, I'm, I'm growing up in the era of, you know, new metal and you're looking at these bands like Corn and Limp Biscuit, and you're going that, okay, like I'm going to make it. My band is going to be the next band that hits that. And then it doesn't happen and you become an adult and you think, I don't know. I don't know if you went through this ever or if many of your guests have, but you think, okay, I'm an adult now. So I don't, music is for children and, teenagers and college age, you know, I, I don't play music anymore. And there, so I went through like a year, year and a half where I didn't play music, the The band disbanded and, and you know, everybody went their own separate ways. And, and it was actually joining a cover band that brought music back into my life. Uh, and so it's kind of cool to almost come full circle because now I'm still doing the cover band stuff, but I actually was just able to get my first kind of original project off the ground recently here uh since 2006 uh so it's been i've been out of the original game for a while but it's just fun to almost come back around full circle and 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 go back into that world knowing what i know now you know
0: yeah when did when did you end up like jumping into the pork tornadoes then would that have been like 2008 ish
1: well the band the band's technically been around about that long um but i i didn't know i was not an original member um they started up in cedar falls just as a some friends that played at, at a bar called the hub. Did you ever, did you ever go to the hub in Cedar falls? No, it was honest, honest to God, one of the best live music venues in the state. And it's, it's sad. It's been closed for about five years now, but the band kind of became the house band up there in 2008, nine, 10, 11. And I I actually got into a different cover band in Cedar Abbas. That's how I got back into playing music. And we ended up opening up for the pork tornadoes at, at the hub and i met those guys and i was like man these these dudes are awesome i like i like hanging out with them they're great and i found out randomly about a year later that their drummer was moving out of state uh so i was like well, hey dudes you know me <laughs> let's let's uh hey i could probably play some of those songs let me sit in and i i sort of weaseled my way into the band and probably that was probably 2012 2013 i'd say all right so
0: you've been doing that for like, uh, eight years. What's, what's some of like the crazier shows you've played? Cause I mean, I've, like I said, you guys have been playing all across the state. It seems like there's no rhyme or reason as to where you're playing. You're just playing big show <laughs> after big show all like here and there, wherever anybody will hire you. Cause you guys, I, I want to say you played up near Emmitsburg, maybe up there somewhere near Okaboji um, they- or
1: Okoboji area is a pretty big uh, spot for us. You ever go up there? I've been you're up like there. You're like North Central Iowa, aren't you?
0: Yeah, it's a it's a little ways away. I've been up there before, but it's not a place
1: I frequent. Well, here's the thing about the Pork Tornadoes is, uh, you know, I, I have to deal with this quite a bit because I'm kind of the social media guy. So you see some of the negative uh, things that people will say about the, oh, there's this, this band and they just now all of a sudden they're playing all these big shows and People don't realize how much time we've actually put into this project. I mean, like I said, it's been around in one form or another for, you know, almost 12 years now. And and we when I joined the band, even up until maybe 2016, 2015, I mean, we were playing shows for no one uh, there, you know, free show. There, There was one in particular that I always go back to reference. It was in Cedar Rapids. It was a free show and it kind of had two separate spots. Like one side of the bar was the live music and then on the other side was the like bar area. For an entire set, for an entire hour, there was not one person in the room where the music was going on. And I mean I, I remember that so vividly. To then, you know, a couple of years later, you gain some traction all of a sudden and then we ran with it. But we've played we've played some crazy shows. Uh, we, we've sold out the uh, Paramount Theater in Cedar Rapids a few times in a row now. We actually set the attendance record for the McGrath Amphitheater, which is in downtown Cedar Rapids. Uh, We've played played in L.A. for a corporate event two years in a row. Whoa. Uh, Yeah. It's like we were actually supposed to play again for the third year in a row on March 1st. And uh, on the day before we were supposed to fly out there, we got a call from the conference. And they said, hey, we're pulling the plug on this entire conference because of COVID-19. And we're like, what? COVID-19? It's not even in the U.S. now? What are you talking about? And – Sure enough, you know, within a couple of weeks, L.A. became a really hot spot for COVID. And that would have been our last show that we would have played, but uh, it was canceled last minute. So stuff like that. We We played a gig in the Virgin Islands uh, a couple of years ago. I mean, it's been a it's been a wild ride. I'll tell you. That's a, that's insanity. Uh, you know, just a band from a band from <laughs> Iowa. a band with a terrible band name
0: (laughs) well i mean band names don't i'm in a band named three finger betty band names don't mean anything you know like uh (laughs) let's let's just leave it at that but but it's insane to think you're you're selling out whole entire like uh, uh venues you're setting attendance records you're flying uh you know to an extent outside of the state in order to do these things um it that's insanity as far as I'm concerned, you know like uh there's not really that many bands that end up doing things like
1: that and uh, no, crazy, man we're we're just uh, we are truly honestly uh grateful for it, and I think that's what a lot of people don't understand is that we're we're not really taking a lot of this for granted is we're we're still very humble uh people and we now we get to employ people that like friends of ours you know which is which is a really cool concept to grasp where if you if you're getting more money coming in, then you can hire more people. Right. So we have we have roadies. We have uh, production companies that we use on the regular that, you know, we're talking any given show we're we're employing like 12 ish people that are then putting money into their pockets and their families. So it's it's a it's a really cool concept, I guess. And and it's very unfortunate because I'm I'm sort of in a depressed mode right now because this is Pretty much our our high season right now, and we're just skating by. No show, no show, no show. We haven't played since February fifteenth, so it's, it's one of the negatives about maybe being a higher tier band where you can't just jump back into the bar scene. I mean, we're 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 canceled at least until August at this point.
0: That's you know that is another thing to think about. That's something I guess that never really even crossed my mind. Like once you break that plane, it's tough to go back down to the bar scene and. And, you know, it's like you're invading territory that, you know, you right. you've let go already. You're you've right. surpassed it.
1: Exactly. And you don't want to you know how the business is. The minute you undervalue yourself to uh, to uh, promoters and to bar owners, that if you all of a sudden go back on the amount of money that you normally charge, then you're you're probably stuck there for a while because because they're like, well, you played for that earlier this year. And so it's a it's a weird time, man. I mean, I was so. February 15th was our last show, and then that one in March got canceled out in L.A., and then and then it's just been a, a stream of cancellations, and we've tried to do fun stuff just like everybody else has. We've been doing the live streams, and we've been doing, like, live drinking games from our house. <laughs> I mean, like, whatever, you know, try to keep people engaged. But I think I think in one of your recent episodes you were talking to somebody about the live stream stuff, and it's been interesting. I don't, I don't know if you've noticed it, but the – the viewership is just down completely because now that it's nice out, people are actually getting out and they're doing stuff. And I think the live streams kind of, kind of dead at this point. It's either get get out and gig or don't do anything right now.
0: Yeah, that was a that was like a about a two or three month area. If you were in the live stream game for that, it was you were on top of the world. Um, I'm exactly. looking at some of your live streams here. You have one from. 12 weeks ago, which has 33,000 views. And the one from 11 weeks ago only has 11,000 views. And yeah, I'll go ahead, man. And it's just like, that's that one week worth of difference. It's like, well, (laughs) the weather got nice, you know, people started going outside. But I will have to say this, if you guys haven't seen any of the pork tornadoes, um, uh, the quarantine streams that they've done, go check them out. They're insane. It's absolutely insane. Cause you're not just rocking an iPhone and walking around the building, which is (laughs) honestly has worked out pretty well. But, uh, I mean, you guys have full blown production and lights and the whole
1: nine yards going down. Yeah, we, we knew we had to, and that's why we didn't keep it up at a, at a regular pace. We, we ended up actually airing some old concert footage that we never planned on airing before as some of those episodes, which was great. I'm glad we had the footage, but, uh, As far as being together in the same room, that was tough. We all live in different cities. And then, you know, being able to not put on the same type of production that people are used to, that was a big deal. So we we only ended up doing like one full band live stream and then we did one acoustic uh, with just our two singers. So it worked out great. But now now here we are with nothing else to do than just sit here and wait for new shows to pop up.
0: Yeah, if I can recall, did you guys play a show on um DSM TV?
1: Yeah, kind of. So um have you have you kept up with those guys? I mean, they were just killing the live stream game for a while there.
0: Oh yeah. It was uh I I didn't contact any of them to be on the podcast, but I was watching very carefully what they were
1: doing. It was insanity. You should you should consider it. They're they're all good friends of ours. And and I'll in fact Jerry is the keyboard player singer for the pork tornadoes. And he's one of those members and oh, cool. I'll never forget it. There was that, there was that time right around, I think it was actually St. Patrick's day. If you remember that there was these couple days leading up to St. Patrick's day where things were getting weird around here and, and they were saying bars were closing down, but then people were saying, well, no, we're still going to, we're still going to party. And then it continued to get worse. And St. Patrick's day for me was the day that everything shut down and they, they took that and ran with it. They said, this is normally a day when people go nuts for live music and partying. And so they s- somehow scrambled together, found this little TV studio, put their know-how together. And they did like a six hour broadcast on St. Patrick's day. And, and from there it went nuts. And I'm, I'm so proud of what those guys have done. And we, yeah, we teamed up with them. Mason and Jerry went there back in, uh, early April and did an acoustic stream from DSM TV. And then we actually brought them remotely to Cedar Rapids a few weeks ago to do our full band stream. So they're just, they're, they're doing amazing things and now they're in that world where they're trying to figure out how to monetize it moving forward and put it into modern day applications and they're, and they're, and they're getting there, they're figuring it out. But you know, once the, I don't know if it's gonna go away, but once COVID goes away, uh, then you know, then there's not really a need for a live stream anymore. So what do they do then? And and that's that's the trick for them right there, right now at this point.
0: Yeah, I mean that is actually something that, I mean, when I first started Audible Farm, I wanted to try to make some sort of like video capturing of bands playing live. So I just used some like raw recording techniques with some microphones and. was just like, let's just record this, and I'll just record it with a camera sitting in the corner, and this will be good enough. It's better than nothing. So, like, I was was always intrigued by video production and things like that that people were doing. And I hope it doesn't go away. Um, I mean, there's different places that have incorporated some pretty good live streaming capabilities. And I still think it has an application somehow or another. It should. The problem, like you said, is going to be monetizing
1: it. Right. Because that's the toughest part, man. I mean, like, how do you, for a while there, it was great. I, I'm sure if you've spoken with musicians about it, that, that April, pretty much those last couple of weeks of March, early April, like people were very generous with donations. And I know there's some people that were making more money streaming online with donations than they were gigging out. But I think again, the viewership, everybody was stuck at home and now the viewership is, is low and, People are spending their money elsewhere, and and yeah, it's now it's like how to how to move into that next one. And it's unfortunate because all of us musicians finally learned how to like use this type of technology, and now it's like becoming obsolete, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm kind of in the same boat. i I finally figured out how to set everything up for a live stream, but at the same rate, exactly. I'm I'm exactly like we said. I'm at this point where it's like, is this worth it at this point? You know, um, and what am yeah. I gonna what am I gonna do that's gonna add any value? And it's there's always that tough. Weighing of your options as to whether or not you actually want to do it because it's a commitment to set up, you know, cameras and lighting and make it look good, and
1: and then it's technical difficulties, just like your amp going out on stage in the middle of the show or breaking a drum head. Like it's the same thing, and now we're adding more things that can go <laughs> yeah. wrong. And I, it's just it's a nightmare. I at the Paramount when we did our full band live stream at the Paramount, like we had a few technical difficulties on the live stream in and. and and John Locker, the kind of the head guy, was just losing his mind going, ah, you know, I, I did not envy him at all.
0: <laughs> yeah, it'd, it'd be tough to try to uh, try to man all of the knobs at once, you know, and that's why, you know, just seeing people do it. It's like uh, the fact that they're out here doing this all by themselves is pretty wild. They set up like all the live streaming and the camera angles and the graphics and, and then not only that, but their amp and you can hear
1: them. And it, like you said, it's it's wild that it actually works when it does. I agree. And I don't know about you. I mean, if you want to get dive in deep to this, but I've I've been pretty staunch on the fact that 2020 will go down as as we'll be able to look back on this year as a a completely pivotal year on when the music business changed. Uh, You know, like you're starting to see it now. But if if you are out there and you're thinking you're going to operate the same exact way that you have in the past now moving forward. I think you're going to get lost in the dust because we're, we're in a whole new era. And, and I don't even know what what that era is yet. I think we're still trying to figure that out. But things are things are different now. And and, you know, I don't know how how we're all supposed to react to it and how we're supposed to adapt. But I guess that's what we're figuring out. Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, I will 100% agree with you. It, we're in a spot now where it's it's different, but we don't know exactly what is the new different that we're trying to <laughs> right. look out for and do. I will have to say though just just like you that I it's weird that like I've noticed things that even in my own inclinations as far as like scrolling through the internet. I used to just scroll through and be like, "Dude, this guy's crazy at playing guitar. This guy's crazy." You know, and that's what my feed is is a lot of you know sharing of people playing insane guitar solos and stuff oh yeah but now when i get to a point where it's like oh this is just a a video camera like it's it's just a a phone like placed in the corner of a room and it's not as right. good
1: as video and audio equipment instead of the playing.
0: Yeah. I mean, now I'm like critiquing the whole package instead of just like, <laughs> I mean, the guy's insane at guitar. Yeah. But he, he could, you, he could work on his video production skills and it's like, why am I worried about that now? And before I never was, it's probably because now everybody's worked on their video skills. Oh yeah. And,
1: and you notice it's separated people too. There's, there's a few, uh, old timers we'll call them boomers you know i got much love for the boomers you know there's some that i i really love uh, but there's a few that were very vocal about this i ain't watching this bullshit live stream music's meant to be in person and i'm never gonna do it i'm never gonna watch it when in reality everyone that was doing it was really keeping a hold of their fan base and providing content and getting better and learning new skills and now you you know, like I, I seem to only hear from the people that continue to do things and, and adapt and evolve. And, and some of the older, older folks that were very anti the technology, I I haven't heard anything from them. I forgot them. They've, they've been lost in algorithm land on Facebook. They're gone, you know, and it's, it's kind of sad, but I mean, those who were putting in the time and adapting over the last couple of months, I think are in a better place.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I, it's like you said, though, It's uh, it's uh, they had the ability to still grab a hold of their fan base somehow. And it was crazy because people would, they started figuring out uh, we can share it to different groups and then different places can cool. see us play. And, and maybe somebody might see us new and they'll share it to their friends. And um, I mean, it comes back to like if the production value is OK and it sounds good, you can you can just pull it up and put it on your big screen TV and just pump it through cool. your
1: sound system all of a sudden. Yeah, and that's what DSM TV is doing. They went I watched them go from a brand new thing in in the middle of March to they're over 5 6,000 followers right now, and that is completely organic. That is just from people going, "Wow, love this. I'm going to subscribe and keep watching music from this channel." So, yeah, it's it's great. And it, as you know, I don't know if you're running you're running the Audible Farm podcast page and if you're running your band's page, but if you're not keeping up with your social media posts right now and you're not at least trying to hit them a couple times a week, your, your, your dumb algorithms on Facebook are just going to shove you to the bottom and you're going to start reaching none, none of your fans when you start posting.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy when you think about that. Cause I've actually like tried my best to figure out what (laughs) is the best to get in on the algorithm. And like the only thing I can say for having my band's you know, algorithm be discovered is when we post memes, it seems to work better than anything. (laughs) And so as dumb as it sounds, if you attach like a picture, like a funny picture with like an, you know, an advert, it might work better than not. But that just goes to show you like the, the interaction on social media is so goofy. So you've got to stay, stay with it some form or another. Like uh, I do all the audible farm stuff and I do my best to try my, you know, try to keep people, at least a couple times a week, let them know. Hey, here's the new podcast, and maybe remind them. This is what happened last year. or Here's a picture of something I did, or a show I went to, or something. You know, I always try to keep them engaged somehow. And it's not always easy, though. It's not easy
1: at all. I I've been doing. I don't know why I I found a love for social media, but our our band once we got to a certain level, the Poor Tornadoes, we realized that we had to we had to start dividing up our duties because, you know, there, there's just a lot of things coming in and everybody's good at something. And and so I was kind of the guy that became the social media marketing guy. They don't touch it. That is just my realm. That is all I do other than play drums. And and, you know, I've studied it and it's once you think you get a grasp on how Facebook works and algorithms, they they change it and something yeah. else becomes the thing that they want to that they want to pump. And and you really have to keep up on that. It used to be Hey, make sure you post like once a week. And then it was like, make sure you post every day. And mm-hmm. now it's how many times a day are you posting is almost the, the right answer. And it, it's so hard to come up with that kind of content and that amount of content, for, especially when we're not playing shows. And it, dude, I'm, I'm very pat. It's a love hate relationship that I have with social media. Cause I love studying it and figuring out how it works. But at the same time, man, it just, it's so frustrating. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: And like you said, if you're running the social media for anything, bands, uh podcasts, whatever, it happens to be your own art, uh, uh, you know, you get to see the good and the bad. And that's like not all, you
1: know. It's not all <laughs> sweet spots. No, that's the truth, man. Yeah, I get to see all the all the hate, uh the mean tweets and all that stuff, which I I love uh seeing that stuff. And we we actually made a couple mean tweet videos. where <laughs> we, we Where we read the mean things that people have said about us, and those—that's the kind of stuff people want to see. They want to see that kind of content, so those have worked out well.
0: Oh yeah, I mean that's that's insane because like uh, I remember talking to the band Marbin, and they they had taken like all of the times anybody had insulted them online, and they like would try their best to come up with a quippy remark, and if they did, they would like you know screen capture it out, and then they made a whole coffee table book out of it.
1: Dude, that's amazing.
0: And like, it got to the point where they were—they had hundreds of them, and they made a whole whole book for it. And the only way you could get the book was to pre-order their last album. So it kind of, you know, amazing. It fit in there very well. But like, some of their stuff was pretty funny because they got to decide, you know, when the end game was done. And that's kind of like what you said with reading the the tweets online is. Most of the people aren't going to see the mean tweets or hear anything about it, but if you just kind of go on there and laugh about them, it's just like, well, see, these guys aren't taking it all that seriously, and uh, you know, it doesn't—it's not doing anybody any justice to try to insult anybody out here because it's just rolling off from, like water off a duck's butt, you know.
1: Yeah, and, and I'm I'm pretty adamant about that to like younger musicians or or musicians that are you know you'll see occasionally somebody will post like look at what so and so said about our video and then they'll go on this long you don't understand what it's like. And this is why the, it's like, don't, don't even do that. Do not fire back to any trolls online. The best response is no response or something hilarious. Like usually on our YouTube page, uh, we just had a, I don't know if you saw that. Like we have a cover of Tennessee whiskey that somehow just exploded on YouTube. It's got 4 million views and it's like the fourth, or fifth highest viewed Tennessee whiskey cover on YouTube, which is mind blowing because there's a million of them. But that's that, wild. Yeah, that has so many. If you want to be entertained, just go read the comments because there is some love on there, but there is some really hate hateful things being said on that page. And usually we just kill them with kindness. Like, oh, this is the worst crap I've ever seen. It's like, Thank, thanks, I'm glad you loved it. Please subscribe. You know, like like we didn't even read their comment. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing to me how mean people can be and the worst thing you can do is to respond back to that and and try to pick an argument because that's what they want so i tried i try to spread that knowledge wherever i can
0: yeah man i feel like uh twitter was the world where like meanness you know persevered the most but now it's weird (laughs) now it's weird because it's like youtube is giving everybody on twitter a run for their money and i don't understand why it's got to be a (laughs)
1: place. <laughs> yeah, I don't want
0: to sound like an old guy, but it's got to be a generational thing or like this weird, like hiding behind us, something,
1: something, whatever. I don't know what it is, but yeah, it, it's, it's strange, man. I, I don't, I don't, I don't understand it, but you know, I, I think it means that you're doing something good. Like that's all I can tell people is if you get a, if you get somebody saying something mean about you, usually people don't say mean things about stuff that's actually bad uh i don't don't mean that as like a two to my own horn but you know you don't ever really if if you see a bad singer you're like oh hey good try good good effort you know keep on trying where if you see like a really good singer that you hate you're like you suck man i hate you you know that's that's what i try to spread for anybody that's dealing with that is like hey they don't really mean it they're just mad and jealous (laughs) it's
0: it's the tom brady effect
1: yeah exactly here here, i'll give you an example if you want to read some here you want to hear? A, you want to hear a good one here? Uh, Let's hear it. Can I can I swear? On, can I swear on this? podcast? You can do whatever you like, man. All right. So here's here's the most recent one. Hey, look at us. We're hipsters who play cover songs and buy shit from Whole Foods because we can't write our own songs. Fuck you, Pork Tornadoes. <laughs> it's just endless streams of that man
0: Like, and, and why like what is that doing like what is that guy doing you know um, yeah
1: exactly like what are you doing that's so that's so cool that you're so mad about but oh, I, I, man. I mean i love that man is i don't know that just gives me if anything it's a little fuel it's kind of like okay cool we're doing something right let's keep moving forward yeah
0: yeah man I, I want to say you guys, uh, speaking of videos online going viral, congrats. First off, 4 million views is absolutely insane. Um, Thanks. I want to say you guys have had other videos go semi-viral uh, as of sorts. As far as like on Facebook, I recall seeing a cover of In the Air Tonight by Phil Collins that
1: garnished quite a few views. Was it? Well, there was two of them. So we, we, did a, we made like an actual music video for that, which is on YouTube and Facebook. It's a one- one take a uh, shot in slow motion of us walking down a street and it's, it's pretty funny. I, it's, it's one of the better ideas I've had. So if you want to go check it out, it's great. But then there was this one, the live played. one. Yeah, dude. So we played, uh, for the Minnesota Vikings tailgate, which they have this like area where everybody drinks beer before the game and they go in and they have this permanent little stage that a band plays before every tailgate, and it's no big deal. It's just whatever band playing. You get a couple beers. You walk in the game. But we got asked to do that, and this was back in September. And we had we had met the Vikings drumline, which, by the way, I, I love. I'm a drummer. I absolutely love drumlines. These dudes were incredible. And we saw them earlier in the day. We said, "Hey, why don't you swing by our stage, and then let's like let's just do something impromptu." And they're like, oh, "Okay, whatever." And they come by. We stopped playing and I ran off the stage, flagged them down, and said, dude, let's do in the air tonight. And you guys come in on the drum fill and they're like, oh, hell yeah, that sounds great. So we had never met. We had never practiced. We never and we just did it. And I told my roadies, I'm like, film this. This is going to be awesome. And so we put it up online and our page, our page got up to about a million on Facebook and then people started stealing it. Yeah. And it on their pages, which got like three, four, five, six, seven million. And dude, if. That's almost even worse than the Tennessee whiskey video If you want to see some mean stuff it was it was bad on there
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know it's just the, I can't understand that's why you know that's what people gravitate towards and that just seems to be the way uh, everything goes in today's world. as a matter of fact I read an article in um, Wall Street Journal. Not to be like, whoa, Wall Street Journal, brr, 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 oh, but Wall Street Journal. Yeah, <laughs> look at me. No, but it was, uh, let's see here. Um, Bob Dylan says, good news in today's world is like a fugitive treated like a hoodlum and put on the run. And that isn't that the truth, though? I mean, being on social oh media,
1: God. you see it every day. Yeah, well, you know, you've been there before. I've been there where you see something cool and you're pissed off that you're not doing something. And Oh, yeah you're sick at home and somebody's out on vacation and you're just like, Oh fuck these guys. Oh, that's bull. You know, like you just, that's what social media does to us. And it's such a, not only looking back on 2020 as being a year that changed music, but I think we'll look back on the creation of social media in general as one of the worst things that's ever happened to humanity. Cause it, it there, there is so much depression and, and hatred in the world right now. And I think it almost directly stems from social media and, and, the the brainwashing that we see. And, uh, you only see people at their best one millisecond moment of their life on social media. And you know, it, you know, it's not like that, but if you see it over and over and over and over and over, it's the same with bands too. You know, like you, I had this conversation with somebody the other day. They're like, man, look at your shows. Your shows are so incredible. And I I told him, like, our photographer takes 400 photos and I only (laughs) pick six to put on there because they are absolutely perfect. The rest don't make us look good. And so, like, that's what we're ingrained to only see the best of people bands, whatever. And, and I think it's really causing some major depression. I, I, I feel it is. I I feel more depressed in the last couple of years than I ever have.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. And I, you know, I feel you though. Like I've done exactly what you said, where you just kind of get so jealous of somebody else doing something that you're like, why can't I do that or whatever? But, uh, I also realized everyone's got an opinion and opinions aren't facts. So I try my best to keep my opinions off the internet. And, uh, (laughs)
1: that's, that's start number one right there.
0: You know? So, I mean, if you go through, uh, the history of my social media as of late, it's usually just me sharing audible farm stuff and talking about, (laughs) you know, talking about other people's cool things they have going on. I'm not going to share my opinion, but,
1: uh, feel better knowing that, 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 like that you're not trying to force these opinions on people. Do you feel, do you feel happier in the last little while than you ever have? Or, or what do you think?
0: Oh, gosh, I don't know. I would, I would say for a while I did. But you know, as of late, just watching oh, everybody goodness. yell at each other online, I'm not sure, you know, and <laughs> like, I get that people have different opinions. But it's weird that people are attacking each other for having different opinions when ever, you know, you can go outside and your neighbor is still your neighbor, and everyone's still cool with each other. But like, for some reason, you get on social media, and all of a sudden, everyone
1: wants to fight and I don't get it. <laughs> but I, I don't either, man. I, I and that was one of the things I think that's really how we kind of first connected is that I, I wanted to start a uh, I di- I didn't know about audible farm, but I started the Iowa music podcast, which actually originated from a Cedar Rapids music scene group that I started. And it was, it, it evolved from me just seeing how much people like can't connect and, and get jealous of things. And, and, you know, you're at one level and someone's at another level and you can't connect. And I, I wanted to be that person that was like, well, Hey, yeah, you know, we've had some recent success as a band, but I want you to know that I'm insanely approachable and that you can message me and ask me any question about anything. And I will tell you the answer. I will give you booking contacts. I will, uh, that, you know, like creating some sense of community has to start at a very small level. And I think musicians are, are such a great catalyst for that because if, if musicians can come together, we, we have so much influence on people around us and our shows and stuff that if, if we can create a nice community, maybe that will spread. I don't know. I mean, it's been a little while. And, and I think you're doing the same thing with Audible Farm, where you're just letting people into the lives of all these other musicians and, and understanding that we're all the same people. Like, it doesn't matter what kind of music we play. It doesn't matter where we're from, how popular our band is. We're, we're like the same people. We have the same concerns. And that, that, I think that really creates a sense of community. And I'm, I'm, I've been enjoying catching up on your podcast.
0: I appreciate it, man. And and it's exactly like you said. I I, I kind of got tired of the negativity online and I was like if there's anything I can do that will help, you know, per, you know, push forward all this cool stuff I see going on, I will do it. Um and I'll and I'll do it on my own dime and 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 take time out of my week to do it just for the simple fact that I think that like you said, I the, one of the reasons I didn't play a lot of music in my 20s was cuz I figured everyone was better than me, but I would go to shows and watch people Uh, say bad things about one band while enjoying a different band it's like dude all these guys are great like why why does everybody gotta not you know not get along within a scene and uh you know it wasn't until I started playing shows again I I saw some of that that still went on and it was just kind of weird to think that people that play shows together, you know, with other bands, and some people don't get along, and I, I didn't understand why people wouldn't like one another, and I was just like, well, maybe these people just need to get to know each other and understand, like you said, that we're all humans, you know, so I I just bring everyone on, and I, I talk about, like, what are some of the things that you face that are, you know, some of the, you know, troubles or things that you've, have, Gone through as far as music wise that were some of the harder things you know and I get to learn the dichotomies between you know like you said cover bands or or regular bands but you still still
1: get to see the parallels that everybody has and... i that's been a huge thing I don't know if it's in your area um but you know in in the cedar rapids area there there there's always been a pretty thick hatred between cover bands and original bands uh you know it's been a very divisive line and i've been trying to i've been trying to get past that you know like we, we and i feel like we've done a great job just having conversations with original artists that also play in cover bands or cover bands that are writing original music just showing people that it, it's, it doesn't even matter like we're all so lucky to know how to play music and to be in a band like i, I still the, the reason i've been so depressed the last four months is i haven't had that time on stage with my best friends creating music and playing in front of people like i mean we're it's a total gift and and it doesn't matter what style of music you play or if you're covering other people's music it's the it's the best and and i i hope people can remember that you know that's what i try to push all the time is it it just doesn't matter just enjoy it
0: yeah i mean up here in northern iowa there's not really enough musicians available to um you know a a lot of people play originals and cover bands or uh I first realized when I went to Jam Nights where it's like, well, there's all these different people. Some of them play an original band, Some of them don't. And, you know, I don't live in Des Moines where Three Finger Betty plays most of its shows. I live in northern Iowa. So when I go to Jam Nights up here, it's like I play in a punk band. But it's like well, if we're all playing some blues stuff, I'll get up on stage and play some blues. So people start to realize, well, like, oh, just because this guy's in a punk band doesn't mean he only plays three chords and, and, y- exactly. and yells a bunch. You know, everybody has more depth than than they show on stage as much as, you know. As cool as it is to see the Pork Tornadoes play on, you know, live on stage, like I'm sure every one of you has much more depth than a a cover band, you know, like just being a cover band. And like, like, like I said, you watch the videos, you see you guys live, you can totally tell that you guys have the ability to put on such a good show that it's, it's, it's breathtaking, just to say the least.
1: Well, it's, it's always been, you know, I, I, I never really realized, I I tried to, somebody asked me once, they go, why is it? why, why is this such a big thing? Like, why, why do people gravitate towards you? And I, I think there's a lot of answers to that. I think it's, you ha, you have to be good. And, and I'm, I'm lucky. I mean, dude, I am a very average, mediocre drummer. I sit in the pocket. I, I do, I'm, I, you know, I'm just right there. Like, you're not gonna, I'm like a referee. The The best referees are the ones you don't notice. Like, I'm just right there. Right. But the guys I'm surrounded with are absolutely incredible musicians. And we truly do love playing with each other. But the one thing that I've figured out looking back is we've created some sort of a little club uh, atmosphere for for fans, like where they go, and it's not just a show. It's just a gathering of people in a good mood, and it's always going to be a fun time, and everybody's going to be happy. And I think there, there's some intangibles when you're thinking about building your brand as a band is is creating an atmosphere that people want to be in. And that everybody can can feel safe. And and a huge thing, obviously, in today's culture, like in in an inclusive culture where it doesn't matter who you are or what you like or what you look like. Who cares? Come have fun with us because everyone here loves you. And so it's it's been weird to look back on that. We didn't plan on that, but it just it just sort of happened. And I think that's a huge catalyst for anybody that's trying to build a brand beyond what you have is look at what the is like, uh, among your fans, you know, I think that's a huge deal.
0: Uh, yeah, definitely. I'm actually taking a strategic management course right now. And that is like the keystone of the very first step of oh, making yeah. a plan for a business is to look at the yeah. social environment and the culture of your market. So yeah,
1: look at me and look how smart I am.
0: <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. So you've got like a level 400 business strategy Indeed. class under your belt I already.
1: <laughs> I didn't even know. But yeah, but it's, it, dude, it's, that's the thing I've learned is that everybody, if you find some success, you have to, you have to give back. And, and that's why, that's why I kind of started the music scene group in Cedar Rapids and the podcast is like, I just want to give any information that I have and, and things I've learned. And, and I, w- I want to help you. Like, Iowa is so full of incredible musicians. I mean, it's unbelievable how many talented musicians we have in this state. And, and letting people learn about them like you're doing. And I kind of started doing some more interviews on that podcast as well of just, hey, t- tell us, let- let's learn about you, which is one of the best things is because you, you really can sit back and, and appreciate where somebody's come from and why they are where they are. And yeah, it's, it's, it's great. It, podcasts like yours are, are super great things for, for our music community.
0: Yeah, and I do want to say though, Iowa Iowa Music Podcast, that is your podcast. It's uh it's easy to find, it's easy it's aptly named, it's about Iowa music. Um did you think that when you were going to start a podcast that that would be an available name?
1: I, I couldn't believe it, dude, cuz it, <laughs> it was called, it was called the Cedar Rapids Music Scene Podcast, which if you if you were at like you're coming up on 100 episodes, aren't you? Yeah. Dude, yeah, so we're at like I don't know, 50 or something like that cuz I I don't churn them out as fast as you do, but it started off as me more or less like trying to give some advice and like picking topics. Like we would talk to venue owners and like we would talk about contracts and we would talk about using social media correctly, which were great. So those first, those first 10 to 20 or so episodes, if you want to go back and listen to them, they're amazing. They've got some incredible content in there, but it slowly became, I I had a, I had a bit of a transformation over the last, uh, six months to a year where I felt like I was like preaching and I'm like, look at me, look at all this information I have and look how awesome I am. And you should pay attention to what I'm saying. And what I say is right. And, and if you don't think that all I to say is right, you're wrong. Like I didn't mean to be that way, but it started to come out that way. And I had, I took a really big hiatus where I said, this is dumb. What, a, what, a, let's go back to what this is all about. Let's, Let's go back to community and who cares who I am? Let's let's learn about other people. And so we're we're back on track. And that's when I changed it to more of the Iowa music podcast is let's not just stay in Cedar Rapids here. This is about the whole state. And I know so many great people in Des Moines and Western Iowa, Northern Iowa, Cedar Falls, Iowa City, Dubuque. There's so many great musicians out there that why, why limit it to Cedar Rapids? Right.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, that's that's kind of what I was doing with, like, Audible Farm. I spent a lot of time in Des Moines, and I thought, well, let's just do this about Des Moines musicians. And then I was like, well, I live in northern Iowa, and there's everybody's right in my backyard. Just go talk You're to right,
1: them. Man, just go talk to them.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, for a long time, I was only doing face-to-face podcasts. If I mean, I would have to get, schedule as many as I could to meet up with everybody, like, whenever I could, just right. to, just to hope I would have enough episodes to not have to, like do a solo episode or something and uh eventually i started doing skype and it was a little bit easier the audio quality is not as good but you know whatever it's still insanely good compared to what i thought it was going to be initially so
1: yeah and it sucks man because like we're we're having a great conversation but it's it's so much i'm a i'm a people person like in person i want to i want to see your face while i'm talking and while you're talking and i think it helps people riff a little bit better but you know what like we're We're adapting. We're figuring it out as we go. But that's kind of why I I haven't done as many episodes as I used to just recently, because I want to get back into person. And I'll I'll tell you what, too, just to go back real quick on the kind of all inclusive culture is uh, the last episode that we did. Actually, um, I wanted it to to not really be about music. And I I met up with two of my uh, African-American friends that are musicians in the Cedar Rapids area. And we spent about an hour and a half just talking more about that topic. That's that, you know, that clear thing that's happening in our society right now and Mm -hmm. racism. And it, it, that that's the kind of stuff that I'm, I'll be proud of when, when, when this is all over is the, you know, that episode where we talked about racism and how we can all be better, especially in the music community. And then also we did like a mental health episode where, you know, that's so important. Musicians are supposed to be these cool people and, you know, no big deal. We live the rock star life, but man, like sometimes musicians are the ones that need the most, like mental health things. You know, like uh, we need to be better about that. And so those are those are the kind of things that that I'll look back on and be proud of with our podcast of of what we've discussed and and what really means something. I guess.
0: Yeah, I totally get that too because it's. E- Musicians run into this weird area where people think like, oh, they're so broody and, you know, they've got all these deep emotions and, and you know that's just <laughs> the end of it. But, uh, you know, keeping keeping with a positive mental health, I think, is going to be something that is going to be a hot topic, um, you know, in the near future going forward. It's going to yeah. be it's going to come to the front, I think, because, I mean, let's just let's be honest with ourselves. You can't sit at home and do nothing for three or four <laughs> months and, and come out the other end of it being
1: the same person you were before. I agree, man. I'm, I'm different. I I feel different than I did back in February. I'm sure it's the same for yourself.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> I mean, let's, let's do the conversation back to positivity of, of how awesome it is that you've got a music podcast and I'm not the only one in the state doing it alone. And I don't want to make it, yeah. I don't want to make it sound like you and I are the only two people doing it either
1: because oh, there's more, isn't there? Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. There. I mean, as, as a matter of fact, I've, I think I found quite a few. Let me see. Um, you got the ind- indie music room. Uh, you have I Hear, I See, Brutal Breakdown, Beers with Bands, uh, Inside the Bird Room, as well as some like radio
1: shows that are also available. So we're not the only ones, but. Be- what did you say, Beers with Bands? Is yeah. That what do you call it? Yeah, beer. that sounds incredible, and I'm jealous. I didn't have the idea.
0: Uh, yeah, the logo for that one is uh, PBR Blue Ribbon, and it says "Beers with Bands" in the middle. It's I, that, I mean, that's
1: perfect. I, I'm I, yeah, I'm, I'm very envious of that one.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's what I think is cool is everyone that's doing the podcast has a little bit <laughs> of like a different take um, on on things as far as uh, you know. Like I sit down and I just talk to musicians about what they have going on, or or entertainers and artists and such. And and you seem to tackle like hot button issues, you know, as far as Uh, what I would just call like important topics that may or may not be at the forefront of music as a whole, you know, and everybody does different recording styles and everything still turns out really well. It's pretty, pretty cool that we have all these things going on. What, I mean, have you, did you ever really think to yourself like a podcast is the thing that I'm going to do next? This is going to be the next big thing.
1: I, no, never, man. like I, I Here's the thing. I mean, I'm sure you can, if anyone's listening to this, they can sure as shit say, hey, that Mike guy likes to talk. And and I do. I'd, I'd love to have conversations with people. And so it's natural to just go, well, why don't we, rec-? you know, how many times did you say, why didn't we record? Like, I wish that conversation was recorded. That's, that's really what it was for me is I've had so many great conversations with people. It's like, man, I wish we weren't the only ones hearing this. And and that's really what the beauty of podcasts is, is to me is sitting in and feeling like you're part of a conversation. So it, again, I felt like it was just like my duty, which sounds so stupid now looking back on it, but my duty to help share knowledge and, and use a platform where people might pay attention to what I have to say to help make others, um, you know, more popular and rise them up. So yeah, dude, it's just, it's a combination of, fun stuff I like to do with something that I'm hoping will help, I guess. Let's put it that way.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think some of it for a lot of people is just basically like, uh, I can do this. Why, why wouldn't I do this? You know, it, it just, if there's another tool that I can give anybody, I would love to give anybody that tool, you know, the availability to sit down and and be able to talk about what's going on or or let their opinion out or or hear their story or just help personify these people more. Because, I mean, like I've talked to some people on my podcast that are just insane musicians and it's like how did you get to where you're at and it's like practice you know and so it's 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 these people are real people they have real thoughts and they didn't it's not like they got a shortcut to go where they were going and somebody just that's for sure no and there's no right or wrong way to to quote unquote eat this Reese's you know it's a i mean like you said uh, you started out not in a cover band and and maybe cover bands weren't your favorite thing and then it was actually ended up being the thing that got you back into music and now is like one of the driving forces to have you play music again you know and that's that's a crazy cool story in and of itself i played in like a cover band that covered punk songs and then when i saw the local scene was full of bands that uh were playing their own music. It's like, I can't write music very good. So I just quit playing guitar and was like, I'm not as good as these people, you know, but it, it took to the fact that we actually got better at playing the guitar, maybe not songwriting, but that's what got me back into music. So, you know, there's all these different little things that everybody has that makes them what they are. And like you were talking earlier about
1: maybe starting up a new original band. Was that right? Yeah, actually. So 2006 was the lat was the end of Brian Jones, which, uh, you can check us out. We're on, uh, um, Apple music, Spotify. We even got, uh, a page with some old B side rarity recordings, but that band ended in 2006, joined the cover band world in 2008 and, you know, moved forward. But, um, I, I just recently got asked. I, I was doing some studio musician stuff where I'd play drums on uh, albums for people down at Flat Black Studios in Lone Tree. If you've ever heard of them, they're incredible studio. And and I I kind of got closer with some of my idols from college. You know, I I went to I went to the University of Iowa, and when Brian Jones was playing, there were some unbelievable original bands that were you know, a little older than us. So they, they were just like, we kind of idolized them. Uh, one of them being a band called 10 grand, which used to be called the Vita blue. I don't know if you ever heard of them. They were easily one of the most amazing hardcore bands I've ever seen. And they, they toured Europe and they did all these crazy things. The singer unfortunately passed away in 2003 and that was kind of the end of the band. But I, I used to idolize these bands and, and then I, they, they, they were going to do this project where they needed a drummer and they were just going to start putting together some tunes. And they asked me cause I had done some studio work for them and it, it was like dream come true. You know, I had, they said, Hey, can you be down here next, next Friday, you know, next Friday. And I'm looking at my calendar and I have a full day of things I need to do. I go, yep, I'm wide open. You know, like I just deleted all the appointments I had. And <laughs> so, uh, the band's called dope Walker Um, and it's got, uh, one member, Joel Anderson from 10 grand, the Vita blue, uh, two members from the plastic constellations, which were a, uh, kind of indie rock band from the twin cities, uh, back in the late two thousands, early 2010s. And then, uh, William Elliott Whitmore, uh, you know, folk singer from down Southeast Iowa. Yeah. Um, so, so those, those guys plus myself are called dope Walker. And we ended up just, just messing around in the studio for about a, week or so and came up with 10 songs uh which is now being released by modern radio records up in the twin cities it's available for pre-order right now there's two tracks that you can uh preview on on apple music and spotify and the full album comes out in july and it's been it's just been so cool just to have that you know like just the creative outlet where you know that it's not like a you're not making a living off of it. You're not worried about how many people are showing up. You're just doing it to do it and feel good about it. And and I haven't had that original feeling in a long time. And it's 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 been amazing, man. I'm so, so proud of how the record turned out. And, and already there's a lot of kind of buzz around it. And I'm just really excited for it to come out. So it's been great to sort of come full circle on that whole thing.
0: Yeah, it's pretty wild to, to think that. You know, I, I guess I'm sure you just kind of have – have the itch to be able to express yourself differently after a while. And that's, I mean, that's just an artist at heart. There is, they just looking, for, always looking for that new outlet, that new way, that new next thing they can do. And, uh, this gives you something that you might not be able to do while being, you know, in the pork
1: tornadoes. Yeah. And it's just fun. And, and you know what, what's been really crazy is learning that I used to hate cover bands, you know, all oh, cover bands, whatever. And then I get in one, I'm like, Oh, okay, I understand. But, being able to take aspects of create you know, like being in an original band, you're you're it's it's all about creativity and expression and do what feels good. And to be able to take those aspects into the cover band world it has been amazing because, you know, cover bands are like, nope, you got to play it just like it's just like they wrote it. It's like, no, you don't. You can. Let's put our own spin on this and let's make it feel good to where we like this. And. So, so doing that has been amazing, but then also now going back into the original world, having been in a cover band and having been playing to click tracks for five straight years and, and making my chops better and being a a human metronome on the drums, like being able to then take that to the studio as an original band and one, two takes on drums for every, every song, you know, like that kind of stuff, the confidence level that the cover band has given me now fits into the original band world. So that's why I've always been – I cringe when I think about myself back in the day being like, oh, cover bands, I hate those guys. Like, no, dude, who cares? Like everybody – I love original bands. I love cover bands. I love anybody that's playing music, and I hope that other people understand that, that it's just – it's music. It's great. It's amazing, and we can all learn from each other.
0: Yeah, that's that's the one thing I started to realize when I started – getting better at the guitar. It's like, well, I can play punk stuff and blues stuff and some metal stuff. And, you know, the farther I got into everything, I was like, well, all of these, like, I only know the basics, you know, like enough to be passable. Whereas when you start to watch other people just ripping it up, it's like, this guy's insane. He's doing stuff I would have never thought of, couldn't have been able to do. It wouldn't have come out of my brain ever. And here they are out there doing it. And, you know, so it helps you kind of understand and enjoy uh other people's music a little bit more i think uh as far as just being a spectator
1: dude and i if i can tell you anything again as being the weakest link in my band i mean like you need to be good like you you need to be a good player but if you're not the best player what what else do you contribute to your band you know are you really good at marketing do you know how to use photoshop do you know how to make flyers do you know how to book are you a really cutthroat booking agent like there, there are so many other aspects of of being in a band other than just playing and that 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 you know like if you want to further your career like what else are you good at as well that you can help want these musicians to be around you
0: uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I at one point in time, remember a meme going around that was like, here's an actual picture of me skating on the talent of my fellow bandmates. <laughs> and it was yeah. a guy playing a guitar, like standing on top of a person body surfing. And it just like made me you think know, like, familiar. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's me in the metal band I was in. Everyone was so talented. And I was like, why are you guys letting me And you know, why are you getting me involved in this? And then before you know it, you step your game up to their level, you know, being around people that are better at things than you actually can make you better, you know, just by being around them and picking up their vibes. And I mean, it's all about environment. It always is. But like you said, it's also about what else can you attribute to this? Because it's so much more than just just playing music on a Friday night, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's there's so much. In fact, I, I've been kind of a I've been kind of trying to write some articles like you know, like uh, musician help type articles. I haven't done anything with them yet. I don't know if I'm gonna make a YouTube video out of it or what, but one of them was six ways to be an asset other than you're playing in a band. And I had thought I thought really hard about that is there are a lot of ways that you can be can be a helpful person to further your band's career. And there are a lot of ways that you can be a negative impact on your band. Cause you know, you're, you're not just representing yourself anymore. You're representing a group of three, four five, six people. And, and now you start going back to this social media stuff of, of anybody spewing hate. Now they are now associated with you. If you have a band member that is doing terrible things online, they now are a part of your life and your band's life. And that is a negative aspect. And so like, just going back to the being a good person is a very huge at, you know like attribute of you as a musician to help your band out is being somebody that people like instead of somebody that people hate
0: yeah i mean there's something to be said for that too like uh the associative factors that go along with being in a band you know uh it's it's tough to be in a band with people that are you know, not well-liked. And it's pretty obvious when you're in a band with people that aren't, aren't well-liked. And it's not that I have much experience with that at all, but it's definitely a thing to consider because, you know, you've seen it tear other bands apart or, oh. or, or things like that, you know, and it's, it's kind of a rough thing to, you know, go about as as choosing. <laughs> a <bad> who, conversation. <laughs> what's that?
1: That's a tough conversation to have, is like, hey, Bill, sorry about it, but people don't like you very much, so you can't be in our pants anymore, you know?
0: Yeah. Or it's tough to tell someone to like, hey, stifle just a little bit, you know. But it's like I'm not gonna I'm never gonna tell someone how to live their life. So I'm I'm just of like it's just like, yeah, well, this is just the way it is. And you got to make that choice on your own. You can't
1: really force anybody else to make that choice.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think that's one of the best parts about podcasts like yours and uh, and mine, maybe too. Ha <laughs> ha. Let's throw me in there too. Yeah, put it in there. But it's it's about positivity. It's really about like what are you know what are these people doing? That what did they do? What have they done? What are they going to keep doing? You know what are the things that they have you know, accomplished in their lives? What are the things that were, were tough for them to accomplish, but they still persevered and did it anyways. You know, there's a lot more to the story than, than just the face value and what you see on social media and and what you think about these people based on watching one of their videos on YouTube and then making a comment, you know, like,
1: right. Exactly. (laughs) There's more to this
0: than the comment section on a 4 million plus view video. I'm still, I'm still blown away by that.
1: (laughs) Hey dude, it's, it's my, and here's a weird, here's a weird story about that Tennessee whiskey videos. Um, knowing what I know about social media, I have been pretty right about a lot of things, but I was very wrong. Uh, this would have been, I think the, I think it's been three years. I think we put that video up three years ago, but we recorded it and we, I was adamant about putting it on Facebook. Instead of YouTube, because Facebook, you know, their their view algorithm, I think oh, what a three second view counts as a, our a three second view counts as an actual view where YouTube's like you got to watch it for like probably at least a, a fourth of the video for it to count as a view. So I'm thinking like, oh, cool. Facebook will accumulate views faster and it'll it'll be seen more. And we put it up uh, and we got up to about one hundred thousand views. It was getting some traction. And then it got taken down by Universal Music Group. This was back when universal and facebook were arguing about monetization of their content and they were removing anything like because facebook wouldn't pay them so they were just taking everything down and it got removed and i got put in facebook jail for seven days because i was the one who uploaded it oh god I was so so frustrated dude and my bass player cory is like we got to put that on youtube i said well dude no one how is how you, you've put things on YouTube, like no one sees it. there's there's forty seven trillion videos on YouTube. How's someone gonna find this? And somehow somehow it just people found it. I don't know how they found it and they watched it and it just it's been an amazing ride watching that thing just go from nothing to one million, two million, three million, four million. I mean, it's crazy. it's it, and, and it's to truth be told, it's a really great audio recording. But it's one of the maybe poorer, poorer videos that we've put together. It's just not very interesting. It's just kind of a whatever. Like we just kind of threw it together. So it just goes to show you. It sometimes it doesn't even really matter what the content is. It's just what people want and what's popular at the moment. You know?
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean,
1: as far as rolling
0: the dice on you know what kind of songs you guys are gonna choose. Do you have any like rhyme or reason as to what
1: songs you choose for uh, what you're gonna try and cover or? Dude, we we've gotten a lot more um, a lot more picky. It used to be what what are the popular songs? What do people want to hear? Because that's what they want to hear. But now we've gotten to the point where it has to be something that also excites us. Because what I mean, you know, I like I I love I would say my, my musical tastes are all over the board, and so are the rest of the band. I mean, right now I'm on a huge Deftones kick because uh, White Pony's twenty twenty year anniversary. So I've just been like reliving deftones and and so like we we don't all love pop music but at the same time pop music is very you understand why it's so popular it's just so polished and so perfect that it has to be a popular song but it has to be something that we actually enjoy and that we like and we want to play every night so so it is a tough process and actually what we've started to do lately Was um, we feel uh, this might be kind of self-centered, but we feel that with our popularity, it's also our duty to let people know about songs that maybe they haven't heard of yet. So we're going to start as of this year doing less popular songs that we love that maybe the audience doesn't know that we can sort of force those songs on them and be like, you need to hear about this band. This band is incredible. And maybe you've never heard the song, but it's an amazing song. And so it's a huge process, dude. I mean, like we'll we'll spend four months before we actually agree on new songs to hit our set list. But it's you got to feel comfortable. You can't you can't fake liking a song. You have to really genuinely like a song when you play it or else people are going to know.
0: Uh, yeah, it's very transparent when somebody's not enthused yes. by what they're
1: doing. Yes, very. And so we legitimately like I really like all the songs we play. I mean, we play Taylor Swift and like Taylor Swift's an incredible songwriter. In fact, have you heard this would have been maybe four or five years ago when Ryan Adams covered her 1989 album? Have you heard that? No, I have not. So, you know, Ryan Adams, he's a great folk singer. He took her entire teeny bopper pop 1989 album and recorded it as like a folk album.
0: And and it's,
1: it just goes to show you how good those songs are. I mean, they are very well written, and uh, you know, I, I, I pop music is is popular for a reason. It's because it's they know the formula and they go after it.
0: Yeah, definitely. I, pop music is one of those things you can you can say like if you've heard a song like once or twice and you retained like seventy five percent plus of the lyrics, like for no reason (laughs) like it just comes on again you're like i know all the words to this how do i know all the words to this and it's and you just do that's what happens with pop music it gets stuck in your head and completely
1: they know what they're doing man it is like a science they know what they're doing
0: yeah i I would say it's easy to be bitter at pop music too being a musician because it's the one thing you want to be respected for something other than um, you know, some musicians might call it like a cheap formula or something like that, but if you're actually out there playing the music, I bet it's a lot more fun is the deal.
1: It is. Cause it's, it's the least technical music that I've ever played in my life. Like it's, I mean, there are some very intricate moments that we've created and, and you got to be right on, but at the same time, it's more the enjoyment. It's like the ride. It's not the, when I used to play in Brian Jones, it was like, if I lost focus for one second, I would completely screw up and the song would mess up. And so I was just, you couldn't almost enjoy it cause you were concentrating so hard where this, you know, you're like, this is, I'm on autopilot right now. I've been playing the song so many times. Like let's, let's do this. And, and I agree, man, like it's easy to be upset at popular music when you, you think of a band like, uh, <clears throat> let's think like, uh, like animals at leader animals as leaders. Do you know them?
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh,
1: dude, so like, the whole world needs to, needs to hear that and how absolutely incredible those musicians are, but it doesn't work that way because the whole world will not like that or know how to appreciate that. It, it, you know, it just, it's just people like what they like and you can't, you can't force it on you. You can't judge them for liking what they like.
0: Yeah. If I could draw a parallel to like the comedy world, like there is some music that is music made for musicians, kind of like there are yes. some comedians who are comedians for, mu- you know, other comedians. And their stuff might not be funny to the general audience, but it's but super hilarious. Yeah, the other comedians love it, you know. And it's like they're not going to be the people going on world tours and things like
1: that because, you Totally. Know, you know. And, and we laugh too. Have you ever seen that shirt? Uh, there was a Tosin, the guitar player for Animals as Leaders, was wearing this one night. It was a shirt that said, Animals as Leaders were better musicians than you. Is yeah. what he and and like no one would argue that because they're literally the best. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. good luck arguing. <laughs> good yeah, luck competing with that. Yeah.
0: Somebody who plays a guitar like Victor Wooten plays a bass. Like, get out of town.
1: <laughs> right. And and just just a little insight. Like, you know, here we are. Our singer Mason Grieve like was a finalist on The Voice. He he plays pop music. He sings girl songs. But like he owns a seven and an eight string guitar because he loves to shred like animals as leader songs and deftone songs. And cause that's his favorite type of music. So, you know, it's just a little insight that you, you can't really judge a book by its cover. Really?
0: No. And that is also the ploy of the artist is like, just because they're, I mean, just cause he enjoys one thing and wants to do that thing. Like, uh, artists have always struggled whether or not they want to, uh, the commission thing was like, I made all this cool stuff and somebody sees all the cool stuff you've made. And they're like, Hey, Make me something that's not any of this, but make it like this instead. <laughs> so it's like you went through all this extra effort to do all this cool stuff just to have somebody say, "Custom, make it for me," you know. And it's it's totally. that it's that weird double-edged sword. But like people, some people have found a way to toe both sides of that line very successfully.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I agree, man. That's that's it's just a tough world. Art, artistry is just such a tough world that the, the general public doesn't really understand what artists go through to. To give their all to have nobody care or to, you know, even with being in the pork tornadoes now is realizing that people don't understand how much work goes into it. I mean, we put we put endless hours into uh, into our shows and into booking and into production and and lights and video walls. And like, I mean, it's 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 endless. There's more work now that I do for this band than we did five years ago. But but people don't understand it, you know, and, and so you wish they did. But at the same time, it it doesn't matter. Like, you, you, as long as as long as you're having fun and as long as the product's good, like that's it is what it is. And
0: that's what it comes down to, man. As long as you're having fun, as long as you love doing what you're doing, there's probably nothing wrong with it. As long as you're not hurting anybody else doing it.
1: As long as you're not hurting anybody. Exactly.
0: Yeah. So like and that's covid. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> don't want to do that.
0: <laughs> but I mean, that's that seems to be the com- most common theme throughout this podcast. Almost every episode, people just say, I do this because I like to do it, not because I'm going to ever become famous, not because I'm going to go on world tours, not for money or, or women or glory or whatever. It's always just because they like to do it. And that's the one thing I think that draws me into music so much is the fact that almost
1: every single person I talk to only does it because they like doing it. And that's... It has to be the number one thing. It it can't be anything else. You have to start with that. If we're talking a pyramid here, your bottom base has to be this is so much fun and this is why I do it. And then from there, you know, like you could move up. Like, okay, maybe people like what you're doing and okay, now maybe people are coming to your shows and there's a lot of people. And then now maybe people are paying money for it and then maybe – you're going on a huge tour but it has to that that bass layer has to be there it has to be or nothing else will work
0: yeah I mean what's the use of going out on a tour if you hate every drop of it
1: oh my god wouldn't that be the worst I mean touring's pretty tough anyway even with your best friends it's like the best worst experience of your life but if you hated hated playing music I mean geez that's not even cool
0: yeah oh my gosh could you imagine I mean I couldn't imagine the amount of people that have been on tour is slim compared to the amount of people who are we have picked up a guitar with the dream of going on tour. And it just makes me think like spitefully, like how many people were out there and just hated every
1: drop of what they were doing. It was like, give someone else a chance, man. Did you, did you talk about that with somebody recently where you were talking about that, that not many people really get to to have that experience of, of going somewhere, whether it's for a couple days of leaving your town to go to a new town and like, playing music for these new people that don't know who you are and then coming home like that is a very rare experience that not many people get to do and i still look incredibly fondly back on my days with brian jones of of going on tours and us versus the world i I mean it's i don't i don't know if you talked about that on an episode or if i heard that somewhere else but that's such a great sentiment
0: yeah uh, i believe it was actually the jeremy Ober episode he like he had went to texas for the winter just to go see what was going on for the most part and uh you know, it's just crazy. it all it all ended up being this big, crazy experience for him. He had the ability to do a lot of things that people aren't normally able to do. and it's it's not something that should be taken lightly, I don't think. you know, even if it's tough to do, it's still one of those things that you know so many people want to to be there, and that's the end game. That's the max goal for so many people is to get there and and do that. and it's it's an opportunity that's afforded to very few people.
1: Yeah, and I will I will tell you the the one thing in self-reflection that I've learned over the last couple of years is that you always you always set a goal, you go, Man, it'd be so cool to go on tour, or it'd be so cool to get our Facebook page to five thousand likes, or it'd be and you you always have these like goals in mind and then when you reach them, you you think it's gonna be this, Oh yeah, we did it, we hit there, but it, it it never it never pays off the way you want it to pay off and the only way to keep going is to then set a new goal and it's this maybe it's that artist mentality of that uh you're never happy you're never content is you're always pushing forward but that's always been how I've done it and how the band's done it is never get complacent just keep pushing keep setting new goals and keep going and I I think that's really a strategy for success for any musician out there or any band out there is is never get complacent with where you are because there's been so many times where we've gotten to a point where i go yeah we did it we made it and then go no let's what's next how can we push this and and that's been a huge i didn't realize we were doing it at the time but being able to look back that's been a, a major catalyst for this band is just continuing to push forward
0: well anybody that, anybody that's so. looking forward to take a strategic management class. You don't have to. You got it all taken care of right <laughs> Dude, here. We got
1: it right now, man. I should I should have had a different major in college. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you got to keep setting goals and always reassess and set new goals and it doesn't matter it's right. It's that's what it comes down to. You always got to have something new on the horizon and even as you're working towards one goal, it's like what's going to be the next goal? What's going to be the next thing after this? And you always got to have that
1: in your eyesight. Yeah. And, and, and set them, set them achievable. Like say, say, say you're a brand new band, and and you're like, you're like, literally all I want to do is play that bar, like that bar that these bands play at. That is my goal. I'm going to get a show there and I'm going to play there. And then if that's the goal and you achieve it, damn dude, celebrate, have some beers. Okay. Now, where do you want to play? What, how many, what's your next goal? Like, that's just how it is. It's easy, man. Oh gosh, that's hilarious. Set them achievable.
0: That's another one of the benchmarks. I've see, been <laughs> I
1: told you. Man, this is a self-help episode, man. I'm just, I'm just laying them on you.
0: It's awesome, though. I'm, I'm glad to see that uh, <laughs> what they're teaching me actually works. Somebody's put it into action, and it works. And no one
1: taught me. I just had to learn that for myself. I'm like, I, I just, I think this is how you're supposed to do it. Keep going. So that just actually goes to show you that you
0: don't have to have a, a business school no. background in order to treat your band like a business and be a successful business.
1: You just have to listen to Audible Farm and Iowa Music Podcast. That's literally all you need in your house. <laughs> uh, I love save, it, man. Actually, send your money to us because we need help putting these together and save it.
0: <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. You know, I've, I feel like we've gotten to know each other quite a bit um, in this podcast. You know, it's one of those things that. Uh, when I first contacted you and was like, well, let's do a podcast, it was like, you know, is this guy larger than life, you know, 22,000 followers in an Iowa based band with songs that have hundreds of thousands of views on on Facebook, et cetera. Is is this a reachable person? Is this guy still a human being? And I'm I'm glad to say that. Yes, very much. You are.
1: Why? Well, dude, I appreciate that, man, because I never I, I would hope you would tell me if I'm not because that's not who I want to be and I, 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 I want to continue to be an approachable person. It's weird to think that people would think I'm not approachable. That's weird in itself. And then I just want, I, I like, if, if anyone out there is listening and you got questions, Facebook message me. Add I me mean, on Facebook, shoot the band a message. I mean, we're, we're super, uh, approachable guys and we love, uh, finding, finding new, new artists that we don't know about. And, and, finding some people that can open up shows for us in, in certain areas in the States. So it's, it's all about helping everybody out. That's a big deal for us.
0: Yeah. I mean, one of the important things I want to point out is the fact that like, you're not gatekeepers. And the fact that you're like, we got here now, now you, you figure out how to get here. Cause we're not it's giving secret. out any uh, of the secrets. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's, no, I, it's cool. Yeah. It's it's nice to know that you guys are out there being that way cuz that's it doesn't always end up that way and that's not always the way people act.
1: One I just think about if if someone, you know, if if 6 years ago if the drummer for Hairball said, "Hey everybody, look at the success we're having. If you're in a cover band and you want to learn about some of this stuff, I could, I'm happy to answer any questions you might have." I would have jumped all over it. I was like, "Dude, I want to be where you're at. Like help me help me." You know, so so I just I don't know. I maybe it's maybe it's dumb. Maybe it's maybe it's whatever. Maybe it makes me feel good that like oh people need my help. But I just I really do want to help, man. I, I I love our music community. I love our state. I'm not originally from here, and I've I've totally become an Iowan. You know, I, I I just love this place. I love the people. I I I can't see myself leaving. I I just I think it's a great state. I think our music scene's incredible, and I think more people need to know about it. So. That's what's great about these, these kinds of podcasts is just getting to know different musicians and checking themselves out. And dude, there's so many, so many bands on YouTube and Spotify and Apple music. Like everybody's got stuff out there that you can just get on a, get on a wormhole and just start listening. And it's, it's huge. How did you end up moving here? My dad, I I was born in St. Louis, uh, and I lived there for 14 years. Uh, my dad took a new job right before high school. And moved the family up to Cedar Rapids, uh, which is where I still live. And it was, dude, it was terrible. I was like, "Are you kidding me? Where Iowa? Like, this is a small <laughs> town." What the heck, and I swore, I swore I was going to move. I said, "Okay, after high school, I'm out of here." And then I said, "Well, you know, I, I met some nice people, and University of Iowa accepted me, so I'll, I'll go there." But then after college, I'm out of here. I'm, <laughs> I'm heading to the coast. I'm doing whatever. And then, I dude, I just never left, man. And I, the thing that kept me here was the relationships. And funny enough, a lot of the relationships were, came about from music, you know, like music. If, if I had not, not moved here, I don't think I'd still be playing music. And that's a, that's a really messed up thing to say. Cause it, cause it's such a huge part of my life. But if I, if I, I, I was playing drums before I moved here, but I don't think I still would, and that's weird to say that. So that's why I owe so much to this, this state and the people. Uh, that's
0: that's wonderful to hear, though. Too, I mean, like I think about the same thing too. I'm not sure I would be very social at all if it weren't for the music scene because I've actually found so many good friends in the music scene. You know, and I found I found that as much as you know your preconceived notions might be that these people will judge you based on the fact that you're not as good of a musician as them that's not the case and it's it's you know it's it might be the case sometimes but it's not the case (laughs) the majority of the time Vocal about it maybe (laughs) yeah well i mean like that's i was always scared to go to like jam nights it's like i'm gonna show up here and play guitar and these people are gonna be shredding and stuff and and I'm going to be the only one that's everyone's like, geez, this guy's not as good as everyone else. But literally all anybody wants to do is to have you up there enjoying yourself. And that's one of the best part about I've learned about musicians was probably from going to jam nights and just realizing everyone's just everyone's there to help each other. It's like, here's the, we're in this key. These are the chords if you want them, you know, follow along, wait your turn for the solo, then rip it up and have fun, you know, and that's it.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think we're very similar in that aspect of of like we're not we're not always the best members of our of our band and we feel a little self-conscious about it but it just goes to show you that it it really doesn't matter like you're you're playing in a band I'm playing in a band and nobody cares it's great
0: yeah it's awesome oh god I, all i gotta say is is we've covered an hour we're well past an hour anybody <laughs> is is you're hard pressed to go find a better band than the pork tornadoes I would, oh
1: thanks man i appreciate
0: that <laughs> yeah and i mean like you had mentioned hairball earlier and i would put you guys right up there with hairball you know it's one of those like ludicrously high production cover bands that i mean i hope you guys are around forever but this might you know Things don't last forever, so go run to see the pork tornadoes, right? You know, as as soon as you guys play another show, get out there and watch them.
1: Yeah, dude, I appreciate that. We're we're gonna be. I mean, our summer is kind of weird right now. We've got a few dates still. We're gonna be in Okaboji on August fifteenth. We're gonna. We actually just announced a show in Des Moines. Adventureland Park is actually putting on like a concert series last minute to. Speaking of hairball, they're going to be one of the bands, but we're going to play there on uh, Friday, August 21st. Uh, and then we've got a huge show in Cedar Rapids at the McGrath Amphitheater September 25th. But from there, like, I don't really know what's happening the rest of the year, but uh, yeah, you can find us on YouTube and uh, we actually put out a, uh, five song EP, uh, of some cover songs. One of them being that Tennessee whiskey song that we put up on Spotify and Apple music. You can check that out as well. Um, And yeah, that that new project I'm in called Dope Walker, if you still hate Taylor Swift and cover bands, you'll love Dope Walker because it's just indie rock. It's raw. It's three different singers. It's 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 so fun. I'm so happy to be about that. And that's going to be you can check out two jams of that on Apple Music, Spotify. Uh, You can order the LP um, 10 songs that's going to come out uh, July 17th. You can order that. Uh, And then, yeah, my original band, Brian Jones, if you want some like raw kind of like like what would you call it like post hardcore almost like that was our our early 2000s that was so much fun and you can find that online as well
0: awesome I'll, i'll post links to uh a pile of the things down below in case people are listening and they don't have a pen and paper handy so uh if you guys are looking for any links to anything just scroll down. I got links to Pork Tornadoes. I'll put some links to Brian Jones. And do you have a Facebook and stuff for Dope Walker yet?
1: Yeah. Yes, yeah, so we just I mean this just got announced officially about like a couple of weeks ago, so there's a Facebook and Instagram, all that stuff. Um Yeah, you can find you can find it. uh, There's actually a little tiny, tiny URL, smart URL that has links to all that stuff. So I can I can send you a bunch of links if you'd like as well.
0: Sounds perfect. We'll put them down below for anybody looking looking to find the right music. I'll tell you what. Go see the Pork Tornadoes if you can. I haven't seen you live, but just based on the videos I've seen, it, it looks like an insanely fun time. So I I will do my best to get out there and see you sometime later this year, hopefully
1: yeah, dude, drop drop me a line. We can get you we can get you to one of the shows for sure. And uh, and I think you know I think it'd be a great crossover episode. I say we have you on the Iowa Music Podcast. I say we we flip the script here and we let you be the guest on my podcast.
0: Oh gosh, oh man, yeah, make me I, yeah, make me I nervous. Do it. Put me in the hot seat. Okay, yeah, we'll yeah. do we'll do that sometime. So everybody, make sure you check out the Iowa Music Podcast. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, and uh, maybe I'll make an appearance there sometime. Look at that! Oh man. So, uh, Mike, I gotta say, thank you very much for sitting down and talking with me. I'm going to end the recording, but don't run away quite yet. You got it, man. All right. Thank you very much. Whoa! What a great guy. Um, you know, that's this is another one of those I, I talked about it a tiny bit in the podcast, but you uh, know, you know, you meet people who are uh, famous or have reached a certain level of fame, and it. It always makes me a little bit nervous to talk to the people and be like, ah, is this person really gonna, you know, be down to earth and all this other stuff? And uh, Mike is down to earth in spades. Uh, very approachable, very easy to talk to person. If you have any questions, like we discussed in this podcast, uh, he will give you the information that he has available to him to let you know anything. Uh, like I said, booking contacts, uh, you know, different avenues that you want to take with your band. Uh, different ways to uh, to any anything, whatever it comes down to, um, you know. And a lot of this comes down to the fact that he's got a lot of experience in it, and that's uh, that's worth its weight in gold, as far as I'm concerned. I'm um, I'm pretty novice to the music scene as you know, compared to a lot of the people I've sat down and talked to. So taking their advice uh, not lightly is is the correct way to go about doing things. So if you want to listen to more of what Mike's got to talk about, check out. The Iowa Music Podcast, uh, highly suggested. It's, it's a buddy podcast of ours. I'm going to throw a link on our website to talk about it. So if you uh, scroll down in the description section, it'll be down there. It'll also be at the bottom of our website with a whole bunch of our other buddy podcasts. So uh, check it out. I got to say huge shout out to Mike for taking some time out of his evening to sit down and talk with me and, uh, enlighten me and some of my guests or, uh, listeners, I guess I should say, as far as, uh, what's going down in his life. Cause it's really cool to get people's stories and see what shaped them into being who they are. And, you know, he was very brutally honest, honestly, uh, you know, being in an original band and kind of having the, I want to say, uh, disdain, but, uh, it was more like, uh, he didn't necessarily enjoy cover bands as much and uh, he eventually kind of got out of music and then started getting back into it and it was cover bands that got him to get back into music. So it's it's I love seeing things like that come full circle. I've seen it in my own life and I've seen it in other people's lives and it's really nice when somebody can sit down and, and honestly admit that to someone. So uh, shout out to Mike for the, the honesty in this podcast. It's uh, very much appreciated and uh, I'm sure there's not too many other people that feel too differently than he has felt at least at one point in time or another so uh i mean there are there's a little bit of a dichotomy between the cover bands and the original bands but you know so a lot of that's a blessing and a curse uh, on both ends so everybody's everybody's got their own uh shortcomings they've got to overcome as well as their own mountains that they've got to climb and uh you know like i said it was great to hear mike's perspective on both of those so a uh, sh- huge shout out to mike for being so open and honest in this podcast I also got to say thanks to everybody listening. A huge shout-out to anybody listening for the first time. Go back and check out all our old episodes. They're all available wherever you listen to podcasts, YouTube, uh, any streaming service, as well as directly off of our website, www.audiblefarm.com. Hey, while you're at audiblefarm.com, you should check it out. I I put a link up there to a shop. Audiblefarm.com will take you to a shop that I have created uh, with Big Cartel, which is a company that uh, allows you to have a shop online. And uh, shout out to Kelsey Magnolia, artist Kelsey Magnolia down in the Des Moines area. She helped me, gave me a bunch of advice on how to uh, what would be the best ways to set this up and, and construct it. So huge shout out to her for giving me some advice on this. And uh, if you guys want to check out the shop, you can go to Audible Forum Podcast and click on the shop link. Otherwise, go to AudibleFarm.BigCartel.com. What's in the shop? I'll tell you what's in the shop: T-shirts zip up hoodies, stickers, stickers, and, and soon to be more stickers. That's right. Uh, we've got all sorts of crazy stuff there. You no longer have to wait to see if you can like catch me out a show or, or meet up when I'm in your town to, to hand off a t-shirt. No, now you can go online and just buy it and I'll ship it to you. And it's the end of the story and it's boom. It's as easy and, and done as that. Furthermore, uh, if you guys want to, you can get some stickers there. I got stickers available. We've got a whole bunch of new holographic stickers, including a new logo that we Uh, Never really used that much. It's actually was the banner on uh, our Facebook page and the banner it might even currently still be the banner on our YouTube page and uh, Otherwise, we just never really used that logo too much, but we we revamped it We brought it back from the dead and it's there and so you guys can check it out Uh, if you want to order some stickers any number of st- you got to order four stickers or more, and if you enter the code save25, it takes 25% off your sticker order. So, uh, four stickers or more, save 25% with the code word save25, and that is on uh, the Audible Farms Big Cartel shop site. So, uh, like I said, you can access that directly from Audible Farm, the website audiblefarm.com. Otherwise, there's uh, T-shirts and and stickers and all sorts of stuff there. If you order a T-shirt and then order a sticker, I'll just ship the sticker for free. There's no extra shipping on the stickers for that. But uh, check it out. If you guys want to check it out, that's where it's at. I'll put a link to it down in the description section, as well as links to all of the awesomeness that Mike has available to you. So check that out. Um, Otherwise, there's links down there for uh, Couchtown Coffee as well. So don't forget to enter that code word PORK and save 20% on your order this week and get yourself some of the best coffee that is available to you today. It's Couchtown Coffee. Boom. There it is. The episode's over. Everybody did an amazing job on this one. Hats off to Mike. Go check his podcast out, please. It's worth it. It's totally worth it. If you like this one, you will love his podcast. Guarantee it. I guarantee it. So check it out. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Couchtown, and uh, hey, thanks, Kelsey, for helping us with that Big Cartel shop site. Really appreciate it. So check it out, everybody. We will catch you next week with another episode. Peace.